I mean, one of the things I always, as an actor, try to do is like, I think you need to like your character. You can think they're an asshole and you can have some judgments and I'm hesitant to even use that because I think starting to judge them can affect how you play them. But I, you need to find some semblance of good or something you latch onto or instill something in your character that makes you a root for them and be the audience root for them. Even if you're the fucking villain, you need something where people have some sort of empathy or sympathy or whatever for you. Um, and I just knew with Jacob that the, 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 uh, this deck was stacked against him. I mean, in a roundabout way, it is all his fault. All these people are dying because of him. Um, so I just, I think I just instinctively, instinctively was like, I have to make this guy goofy and lovable. Hello, welcome to Spill Your Guts. I'm your host, Kevin Lane. Whether it's the endless terrors waiting around every corner in Raccoon City in the beloved Resident Evil franchise, or the fog-shrouded streets of the nerve-frying Silent Hill series, horror and video gaming has become one of the most popular and effective ways to scare audiences. You're not just watching and waiting to see the grisly fates of the characters, you're controlling it. And as technology has allowed gaming to become more sophisticated and immersive, it has created a relatively new stage for performers. Using technology like motion capture, characters in games are now not just voiced by actors, but also performed by them. It's exciting in gaming to watch some of the great work that actors are doing. This year, Supermassive Games released The Quarry, a spiritual follow-up to their surprise hit 2015 game, Until Dawn. Directed by Will Biles and written by Graham Resnick and Alex Farnham, it's an edge-of-your-seat ride set at a summer camp and populated by some of your favorite genre faces like Lance Henriksen, Ted Raimi, Lynn Shea, and David Arquette. It's a total blast and is filled with great characters and performances. For me, though, the character Jacob steals the show. Jacob is sort of the classic slasher jaw character on the surface, but it's one of the game's best sleight-of-hand tricks that he is nothing like what you'd expect. It's a wonderfully nuanced performance and one of gaming's best. The character is played by Zack Tinker. Zack has an extensive background doing short films and in television, but I wasn't familiar with his work before playing The Quarry. He enters the game and is funny and charming and you immediately like him. Then he says or does something idiotic, and you think, ah, here's the meathead of the group. But it's all a very clever bit of misdirection in Zack's performance. As you play the game further, the depth and nuance Zack brings to the character is one of the game's many pleasures. In short, Zack is a scene stealer. Zack and I sat down and chatted about the challenges of working with motion capture, the many ways the pandemic almost kept this game from happening, how to love your character even if he's a dumbass, and working with genre royalty. I love talking with Zack. He's fun and warm, but unlike the character in the game, very thoughtful and curious. If you haven't played The Quarry, here's your spoiler warning, as we do give things away. Oh, and if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the year's best horror offerings. So, grab your swimsuit, mosquito repellent, and let's head off to summer camp with Zack Tinker. Zack! Hi! What's up, buddy? 
Not much. Not much. How are you? I'm good, man. I kind of want to go right back to like the start. Were you a movie buff kid? Did you go to a lot of movies? Did you go to the theater? I was more of a gamer as a kid. Really? Oh, okay. my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I spent a majority of my time doing. Oh, really? What were some of your favorite games? Oh, God. Um, I would say my top three are probably Bioshock, Fallout, and Out of Left Field, but probably Banjo-Kazooie. It's a great game. Fantastic, dude. I Bioshock's amazing. Bioshock's incredible. Some of the best storytelling I've ever seen. I remember I I prefer the original Bioshock to Infinite and two is like the weird stepchild. But um, but if it's the one with all the rails and the clouds, dude, did you finish that? Did you play that? Yeah, I remember when I finished that because it was like quantum physics and like universe. Yeah, I remember I finished the ending and I just sat there. In front of the TV for like 10 minutes, like trying to figure out what the <laughs> fuck just happened. It's well, it's yeah. the thing about video games. And I, and I think this is why it's really hard to make video games work as a movie or TV show is it's the most interactive way you, you can experience this medium with film. You watch it with TV. You watch it with music. You listen yeah. with this. You listen, yeah. you watch, and you fucking control it. So, well, it's not passive, yeah. right? Those are the other things that are passive. Right. You're fully you're, engaged. So when you try to yeah. take something that's so immersive and then turn it into a movie or show, it's just like people are never going to be as satisfied because it's just it's impossible right. to make it. You know, there's the rare times where it kind of works, but like, it's pretty rare. Pretty rare. Because I. Don't- I don't think this the the needs of storytelling in games they don't answer the kind of the same master as as a movie does or a TV show there there's a different need there right. to fulfill as a storyteller in a video game like I've talked to Graham a bit about this uh, Graham Resnick who's the writer of of the quarry uh, I I need to remember that people are listening to this <laughs> it's not just us talking going through like your your filmography too on IMDb like you've done a lot of shorts like a shit ton of short films yeah, since I've worked in in um, well, I mean, half of it was before I had any traction mm-hmm. in my career at all, uh, and, and at that point, you know, all you're doing is student short films, right? Little shorts here and there, but it's important. Um, right? You learn a lot doing. Yeah, you learn a lot. You learn how to behave on a set. You learn yeah. how shit really works. Uh, it's like playing in like college league in baseball or like triple A or single A. It's like you're kind of. Um, and then as I've gone, funny enough, you know, a lot of my work, most of my work is in television. Um, so I'll be like booked for this amount of time. And then there's this, and then I'll get a call from someone and be like, Hey, do you want to work like a week and just do it? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Um, so it's very convenient and you get to, you get to act and create, but it's only for this amount of time instead of, you know, yeah. two months. And you're, and because you're working on soaps as well, right? Which is kind of your point right. guy for like a long time when you do the soap. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's nice to play different people. Yeah. Um, right. As long as I don't have to be Zach for 24 hours straight. I'm, it was I'm funny because I remember I, I went for drinks or something with, I might be wrong. Did you work with Christian LeBlanc on YNR? Yeah. I love Christian. He and I went, this was years ago. We went out for, for drinks when he was in Toronto and and we were talking, and I was sort of trying to like under because to me the idea of playing one part as long as he'd been playing Michael is that his character's name? Michael. I was like, that seems so fascinating to me that you could play yeah. 
You know, I mean, you look at someone like Eric Braden, you're like, how the fuck do you play the same guy for 30 years or something? Like, that's wild. There's no other medium where that's the thing. No, no. So, and I, I, I truly have a lot of respect for that because I know I would get bored? lazy and bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so did I, so did I. Yeah, that's why I do. Then you're like, I fucking know this guy. I don't need to fucking do my homework on my, my sheets when they come in. I don't fucking care what my objective is or what my, my scene prompts are or anything. I just, I fucking, and you just memorize and you go. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, 40 years on a show. Yeah. And still having the same vigor. I mean, truly a lot of respect for that. Well, and it's like, would you want to as well? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, no, no, personally, no. Um, you know, if I was on a show that I really love the character and related with, you know, five years, yeah. seven years, right. I think it really is great to get enough time to explore a character. But then you get to that point when you're like, I know this guy inside out. I'm fucking bored of this guy. Yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. be someone else. I remember I was watching an interview with Ricky Gervais and they were asking him about uh, for him as an actor, you know, when he plays a part, like uh, the kind of British television models, like two seasons and a special usually to wrap it up. And they were like, so, you know, would you ever be interested in doing like an American series where you're, and he was like, no. And they're like, so how long for you is kind of the amount of time you you want to play a guy? He was like, two right. seasons in a special. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and he's like, after that, I'm, I'm bored. I need to do something different. I, that, that's right. how long my attention span will last with, with, with the guy that I'm going to be. Right. Doing. I think, yeah, I think, Again, and kind of related to Ricky Gervais, if I got a show like The Office, I'll I'll be on it for eight years. Right. I mean, if it's something yeah. that prolific and funny sure. and sure. interesting, I'll stick around. Right. Um. But uh. But yeah, you know, you know, you really have to, and that's what's that's what's scary about this industry. You know, it's really feast or famine. Yeah. Uh. So, you know, you 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 do even if it's eight years in, and you're like, fuck, I want to play someone else. It's like. Well, if I leave this show, I have to audition again, and I have to. So. Yeah, I mean, I had a recently named Perry Shen, um, and he's on General Hospital, I think. Okay. Um, and Perry was talking about kind of that too. He's like, I have a family, you know. It's nice to know in a business that isn't consistent, like that. I have this gig where I like, yeah. you know, and he can leave for a bit, and they'll let him go do a movie or something, and then he gets to come back, and like, he's like, I, it's, it's kind of there's a safety net aspect to that that he that he was right. talking. Like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a soap right now and like, it's a great gig. I mean, like I, I have like on Monday I filmed, I woke up at 6am, which is a little rough, but whatever. <laughs> I got there at seven. I had a COVID test. I got on set at nine, filmed my scenes. I was done by 948 and I had the rest of the day to do whatever I want. That's I got all right. Paid. Oh my God, it's amazing! Are you yeah, kidding me? Like that's great. I've heard of way rougher gigs. Well, uh, most the the worst part of this job usually is the waiting. Right. You know, yes. you get yes. they they're like be on it's seven o'clock. Don't be any later, and you show up yeah. at seven, and then you don't go on until four p.m. And you're like, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> um. So yeah. what's great about soaps is there's not a lot of waiting. It's, right. Which, which, which soap are you on right now? I am on Days of Our Lives right now. Okay. I play a character named Sonny Kiriakis. Tell me about the character. He's uh, he's great. He uh, is a CEO of a company right now called 
uh, Titan. I'm part of the Kyriakis family, obviously. Um, he is married to a guy named Will. Uh, they have a daughter. Um, it's interesting coming in, you know, into a role, though, that's especially on soaps because these are so long running. Um, yeah, right. Where somebody's already played it and has created kind of this idea of what this person is because then you have to like it's this weird balance of keeping what the people liked about and not changing it too much but also being able to make it your own uh uh this and i that's what i did both soaps i've been on i was also in young and the restless were jobs where i took the job over for someone else okay Um, so it's it's an interesting process doing that because that's different, right, in the sense that you have to kind of stick with certain choices that maybe that... Yeah, person... yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think fans would be particularly thrilled if I if I came on and just, you know, disregarded... Yeah, said, fuck it, I'm going to do everything I want to do with this, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I want to get into horror now. What uh, was the first horror movie you saw that, like, proper scared you? What kind of scared like actually scared. Not like, oh, this is fun. Like where you're like, oh my God, this is intense. I'm fucking scared. Like really proper. Like a lot of people say the exorcist. So that kind no, of No, I saw exorcist though, I think four times, four, four years ago for the first time. So I, it was fucking scary, but right. there's two that come to mind, but they fucked me up in different ways. The omen. Um, I just, something about that scene at the very beginning where the nanny is like, it's all for you, Damien. And she jumps out and hangs herself. It's all for you. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> fucked me up. I had nightmares for yeah. weeks about that. Um, but the first movie that really, the whole thing fucked me up was um, The Thing. John yes. Carpenter. Uh, yeah. Just the prosthetics and all of that stuff that I use. Yeah. I mean, to this day, in my opinion, the best use of prosthetics I've ever seen in a movie and better, the best effects I've ever said, CGI, practical, any, that film. And I know it kind of looks not as great nowadays, but it's still, oh, it looks amazing. yeah, dude, the scene with the dogs in the cage and the scene where he does the, the, the chest paddles yeah. and it goes and the head yeah. comes off and like, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, Bravo Teen is the name of the uh, the effects artist. Now he's a legend. Fucking, I, um, I, I, um, I very fortunate enough to. Um, I've never met him, but I knew Rick Baker's daughter. Oh yeah, I'm like yeah. I know not not exactly slumming there yeah. either. Yeah, Rick Baker's a legend as well. Yes, yeah, he's amazing. That's it was funny. I, I I'm a, a good friend of mine is a fellow named Dean Cundy who was the DP on the thing. Oh wow, yeah, he did on the original John Carpenter one. Yeah, he did most of John, like he did Halloween, wow. he did the thing, he did Hog. So he did all these like great uh, movies with John. And and so when he and I were, we were working together on a, a horror film I directed called Lineage, uh, which uh, people who listen to the show have heard me talk about 5,000 times because it was an amazing experience. But uh, um, D- one of the things Dean and I were talking about, because what was great is Dean lo- is a great storyteller and he loves to tell stories of working on these projects. He's proud of them and he likes to talk about them. And I, I was talking about, about the thing and I said, you know, that dog is one of the great dog actors of cinema history like that dog the one who in the corner and stuff oh my god like it, it, the and the thing the part when the dog like if you go back and look at you know knowing what you know as a person who works on films and stuff like 
that camera move where the dog walks in and it's kind of going through the place and it's walking by that dog's giving like a fucking performance. It's looking at all the right places. All right. I was like, how did you guys do that? Cause I know how hard it is to work with animals and it is, right. it is hard. Dogs are probably the best. The easier. Yeah. Like cats, forget it. Um, I was going to say, imagine trying to get a cat to do no, shit. No, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Forget it. No way. I can't even get, like, when I had a cat, I couldn't even get it to do things that I wanted. Well, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. Cats just don't no, fucking listen. They don't. So, but I was, I was like, how did you guys do that? And he was like, that dog had a sense of what John would instruct it on. It, it, that dog is giving a performance. It knew kind of, it was a movie dog. It was an actor dog. And I was like, you can right. kind of... And so whenever I watch that movie, you know, you just look at this film where kind of everything's clicking into place to make the experience work the way it does. When you go on to do something like, so you did American Horror, and I know it was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it was a smaller part, but like it's a pretty pivotal part in, in terms of the arc of, of Emma Roberts' right. character, right? Is who plays it. least Billy Lord's character and stuff. Right, yeah. But, and, and Emma's character is, is like, it's her wedding, right? If I'm... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was watching it just, you know, and it, because I had seen it, but I I wasn't interviewing you when I saw it. So I went back and watched it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you were that guy, the guy who gets blown away at the wedding. Um, when you're doing a bit like that, you know, did you did you kind of get back into, like, were you an American Horror fan? Did you kind of know the tone of the show and sort of the vibe of it? No? So did you get into it all to sort of get an idea of what the vibe of the show was? Um, yes and no. Right. I mean, I think I watched, like, an episode to get the tone but um, I think it, when I booked the role, I was just like, oh, whatever I did, that's what they want. That's worked for them. So I will do that. Like you said, it wasn't that crazy of a role. I mean, I think in my audition, I did the two scenes that I'm in, and then there's a third where I'm dead. Yeah. So, like, they, I don't really need to train to be dead. Yeah. Um. So I was just like, I'll just do those things how I did them, and – play and i'm sure it'll go great and you're great when he was like the the friend of the groom uh, that spencer yeah spencer i was i literally went on a hike with him today which is so funny oh great um uh yeah spencer's great uh but yeah he i've now been shot in the face twice on television so i'm hoping to make it an an odd three here's a funny little bit of geeky horror movie trivia for you by the way about your work on american horror and you may or may not know this the actor no. Stephen Kolb, who played the dad, is uh, Emma Roberts' character's dad, is well known to horror fans because he had a prominent role in uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the Friday Thirteenth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I thought. So this is the way my horror mind works. Uh, is interesting thematically because you think of the quarry, which is kind of a camp camp the summer camp horror homage yeah well and your season of Amer- the season of american horror you're on was also that thing and then stephen culp is from friday the 13th which is also that thing so there's another trifecta for you getting shot in the head and doing summer camp horror these are things right. that are becoming thematics in your career in horror cool right that's great <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled that being murdered in cold blood is one of my skill sets and summer camp <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I know. I didn't think I was going to be playing this role at 28, but here we are. Have you? Did you ever go to summer camp? Oh yeah. You did. I did. Uh, I went to multiple, uh, but the very first one I ever did on the very first day, I remember I got there and I had a stomach ache and I was nervous 
And then I had like a different kind of stomach ache and I went to the bathroom to go number two and two much older kids broke in to my stall and started laughing at me. Yeah. And I was like, I want to leave summer camp. I hate yeah, summer camp. That's horrible. So my summer camp days were very limited, so to speak. That doesn't sound like a great time. No, not very fun. No. Where, where did you go to summer camp? Oh, God. It was in New York. I don't remember what it was called. And then I went to a place called Canyon Creek Sports Camp out here in L.A., which is a blast. Yeah. Um, and then I taught at some summer camps. but uh, So the but summer camp I, experience is not alien to you. Summer was for video games. I don't, I'm not trying to go outside. If summer was for me to play Modern Warfare 2 and get nukes, I don't know what people are talking about. Well, okay. Let's get into the core here. Uh, so for the, the people listening to the show that aren't just me and you, the game is about... Uh, well, this is the IMDb sort of synopsis. So you can tell me if you think this is sort of on point or not. Um, mm -hmm. When the sun goes down on the last night of summer camp, nine teenage counselors are plunged into an unpredictable night of horror. Pretty on the nose. Are they supposed to be teenagers? We're supposed to be. <laughs> really? I thought they were supposed to be in their 20s. Um, well, I, I guess we technically... They don't have to be teenagers. No, but I think there's one, you know, me and Emma are talking, we're both going to different colleges. Oh, true, yeah. And like, we're trying to make it work. Right, that's um, true. So I was like, we have to at least be in college. Right. I guess we could be, like, juniors or sophomores. See, uh, I'm so fucking jaded that I just, I immediately look at it, and I'm just like, well, they're not even trying to sell us that they're teenagers. But of course, no. But, like, it almost works again back to, like, the tropes that of we intentionally... Yeah, of course it Where it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, you go back and watch Freddy vs. Jason and you see the counselor and you're like, this motherfucker's 33, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you go back and you see shows like 90210 and, like, Ian Ziering, like, smiles and you see his hairlines back here and... Yeah, and right, right. It's like, this guy's supposed to be, like, 19? Fuck off. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it's... And it is, you're right. It is kind of one of the, the tropes of, the, of this sort of slasher genre is getting these older people to play... T I mean, the first Friday 13th is pretty good because a lot of those people were about the age that they were playing. Was, was, was that... The one that Johnny Depp was in? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Johnny right, Depp right, right. started in Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what it was. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon started. He, when he's on the bed and he gets yeah, pulled into right. the bed. He's got a little, he's got like a, like a crop top on. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, uh, so you, you play Jacob, who's kind of a sufferer of foot and mouth syndrome, but also kind of a sweet guy. Um which I think is like a good summary. Of, I, you know what's funny? I've, seen, I've read some of the reviews and stuff for the game where they kept describing him as sort of a jock. And I was like, I didn't fully get the jock vibe. No, I, he's he's a play on the normal dumb jock trope. Right. He is dumb. He's not the smartest guy. No, he's not. He is a jock. But he's not a dick. No. At least I tried not to play him as a dick. And there are choices you can make. You can choose the dick route. Yes. Um, but that's but, kind of part of this format of game anyway. You have to be. Right. Yeah, anyone can kind of be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I just, because I, I read a lot of, like, here and there, I'll just go to Reddit and I'll look at the subreddit and see what people are saying. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that get mad at him, which I get. Sure. That it's all his fault, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the fuck would he have known that werewolves and a cur like, he, like, look, he fucked some people over. He was definitely an asshole and selfish, but like, yeah. he didn't mean 
for any of this no, to happen. No, he did it for um, love, man. He did it for love. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think in my mind, I, we have this wonderful night and Emma sees what a great guy I am and we end up going off to college and we date each other and we're both happy. And yeah. Um, so I tried to, I tried to make him as sensitive and, uh, caring as I possibly could. I think he's also very vulnerable in a good way. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm. Um, which again, I think is very, uh, anti the trope in these movies where like, it's just a dumb jock. Um, but again, he's stupid as fuck. Like I remember talking to to Graham about the writing that character, and, and he said he was like, "That was a character where you're like, you're thinking to yourself as a writer, like, if we don't get the right guy to do this, and he just plays this sort of on the page, this character might not be what I wanted him to be." And then he said right. about how he saw what you did with it, and he was like, "Oh, thank fucking god!" Like you know, it, yeah. I think that's well, that's a testament it, to your performance, but it's also like. Um, you know, to me, it speaks to like an awareness that you must have had of like, I got to make sure I keep this guy vital in the sense that he's empathetic. And, right. Because if we turn on him too quickly, for example, this isn't a movie. We're not with this guy for half an hour. Like when you watch a horror movie, you're with the guy for 20 minutes, then he gets killed. The jaw character usually. Then he gets killed right. and you're done with him. In this game, though, we we might spend hours with this guy because it's, how, I don't know how long the game is, eight hours or something? Seven, eight hours. From beginning to end, has no growth, no change. That's boring. For eight hours. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I think that's what's what's so great. And I was so thrilled with how everyone's, and I say that without, you know, I'm not just being like, yeah, everyone was, everyone was so perfectly, and this is, you know, uh, uh, credit to where it's due to Will, the director, the producers, and Debbie Manuel, or the casting director. Um. Because the way I got the job, funny enough, was I was auditioning for her for a different movie, which it was this soccer movie. And I had like three callbacks and like I had started taking soccer lessons to fucking like get prepared to possibly do this role. And I didn't get it. And I was crushed. And then I got an offer for this, like a straight offer for this game, which rarely happens. and it was, I mean, not to be like, but like, I think Debbie could see that like, oh, he can embody what they need for this character. Sure. And everyone else was so, I mean, you have everyone playing to a T their uh, stereotypical role, but an evolved form of it. You have Houston yeah. playing the the pretty girl, but she also, you know, has this side where she's self-aware and she doesn't think she's as pretty as she is. And then you have, uh, 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 what was her name's character? Abby, the nerdy one where you have, you know, her not feeling very confident in herself, but she's also, I think hers is the most sticks to the script, but in a good way mm-hmm. of that character. Her character is immediately likable though. Cause she's, Gentle and soft, right? And and she, right? Uh, she's accessible because you. She seems she's kind of a wounded bird quality a bit, and you want her to do okay. Like when I was playing straight up, I'll say this now. Like my my main goal in my first playthrough uh, was to keep your character alive because I was going to be talking to you. So I was like, I need to keep him alive so I can see more right. of what I'm gonna do in the game if he dies too quick. Right? Like fuck, I gotta start this over or something. 
the only person I didn't keep alive was her. And um, I kept everyone else alive. And uh, but I actually felt terrible about it because she's such kind of. Was it? Did you not shoot Nick? Uh, would, no, I did do that. I did do that. Uh, and I know that's the cooler death if I hadn't done that, like where she gets her. Your head comes off. I know. Emma, um, I, she got bit when I had her run away from, from Lance and Ethan. Right. And you, you pull it, did you pull, did you reel it in quickly instead of slow? No, I didn't screw that up. I just had her run away. She's hiding behind the tree and I had her run away from Lance instead of waiting. And so she gets scratched or bit by the werewolf. And then right. when she's in the cellar, uh, she turns and she, and she killed. Right, right, right. I was like, no, right. <laughs> like it's, and that's the thing, right? Is like, and that's a late stage in the game too, because I was so, I was like, I tried to keep. I know, up. I did really great until chapter eight, and then everyone started dying, and I was like, oh, man. fuck, what the fuck? Yeah, the shit kind of starts to hit the fan. I know, and it's funny because it's like, you know, I know the game was kind of a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, and I had played that. Was a fan of that. Did you? Had you played Until Dawn? No, I'd watched playthroughs though. I mean, it came out when I was like in college, so that was when I was broke and couldn't afford a video game. So I was like, I'll just watch the rad Brad play it online. <laughs> um, did you play it at all to prepare for doing this? No, no, I just went in blind. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I knew what it was like. Right. I had watched it. I yeah, it was like when I there was somebody who said to me, why don't you just watch a playthrough? Because there's already one on YouTube. Um, it's a different experience when you get to play. It's it. it's I way better. Watch it as like a movie I want to play. That's the fun. No, there's so many branching paths and there's so many different, like you're not going to get the full experience. No. You're going to get, you're, you've che- you're, you'll have cheated yourself. Well, and I like these kind of games. So it's not like it's, you know, part of the fun of my job hosting a podcast is like, you know, I have all these cool people on and then it's like, all right, Kevin, you got to go watch, you know, a bunch of this person's best movies. And I'm like, great, that's fun. Like I'm, right. I'll gladly do that or play this video game. Or like, you know, these are first world problems. I'm okay with them. Until Dawn though, had like a particular formula that the quarry is kind of revising and improving and, you know, kind of right. uh, building on, I guess I would say. Um, did you have a lot of questions going into this? I guess, you know, I would assume of, um, uh, Will Biles, the director, like, did you sit down with him? So can you kind of tell me how this is going to go? Like, did you, did you get like a crash course on how this would be different than shooting a show or a movie or? Um, kind of, we had one initial day before we even started filming where we all met, where I think he kind of gave us a broad view and they showed us, they'd filmed the prologue already. So we saw like what the technology looks like. Um, but no, you know, it was pretty much like, doing a black box theater performance. Um, you're on the stage in your mocap suit with the dots and the camera. And you have props here and there, but they're very primitive. Yeah, right. Yeah, like the like s- stairs, a stick, a gun, a few things here and there, but like very sparse. And it's just kind of up to you to use your ma- imagination. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, Again, when like going back to you asking about theater, it was the closest I've gotten to doing a play in probably six years. It was really nice and refreshing and and took a lot of imagination. Right. But it was very rewarding. Like is there a different process working with a director on something like this, a video game, but not just a video game. Like this, you're not this isn't a voiceover performance. You're doing a full performance here. You're not just doing the yeah. voice of some character. 
Yeah, I saw I saw something and I was like, the who are the voice actors? I was like, we motherfucker, we have voice we acted this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's people I think don't understand necessarily that you know, it it isn't like just voicing a game. You're that's you. Like that's your that's me. performance. That's I did all of those things, all the little idiosyncrasies you see me do. It's like that's what I did on the set. Right. Now that's you know, and that part is very much like doing a movie or a show, even if the certain yeah. trappings are a bit different. Is the process of working with the director pretty much the same? Kinda, yeah. I mean, I uh, Will is an amazing director. I want him to direct the movie or TV, but preferably movie. Um, he's he has a, a very large gift for speaking to actors. He knows how to talk to us. Um, I I really haven't, but then I was going to say I haven't really seen his shots. But then again, that's not true because in the game everything's lit. I mean, there were these little things, these little plastic things on the set that they would move around depending on the shot. And it was light sources. So he would light the scene. And then in, in the capture or whatever, after they've captured us, he chose the shots. So like, I would actually really love to see it, but, but he, he made the whole process very easy. I mean, I, I could go on and I mean, this whole interview could be about Will Biles. I, I think he's just one of the most talented, sweet, amazing dudes who genuinely A, is an amazing human being and B, just is so creative uh, and smart. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a blast working with him. Imagine if that this whole podcast was about politics and Will Biles, people would would probably I, I'd not what I was expecting. Um, um, uh, yeah, it was funny because I asked Graham because I'm for me as a, as a film director, like you know, you know, I've mostly done sort of traditional cinema. Uh, right. I'm fascinated by like you know what what augmentation you'd have to make to do what Will did in this. You know, what I mean, how does he approach this? Like, not from working with actors per se, I'm sure there was changes there, but the whole thing to me of like, when I'm making a film, you know, and I'm working and you know, the writers and I've, if, if I've directed quite a few things that I wrote, but I've also directed other people's work and it's, it's a fairly linear process, but here you've got all these like different possibilities and form a piece of narration, uh, you know, a, a, a story where it can go so many different directions like that kind of a bit for me. You know? I know uh, we had this big, uh, uh, screen and it would he would like fuck with it and zoom out and and you could see the whole branch of like this goes here but if they do this it goes here but if they do this it goes here or it can go here but if you do this here it goes here and like it was just overwhelmed luckily I don't have to fucking worry about it I just yeah. know which scene we're going yeah. but yeah I can't, I can't imagine what kind of brain capacity you have to have to be able to multitask and think ahead like that. I didn't have an idea of what uh, Will would look like, but then I saw that video you guys did where it was like you and Ted Ramey and, and oh, the gameplay. Yeah. And, and, and I saw what he looked like and I was like, Oh, he looks like he could be in Braveheart or something like he, yeah, dude, he's badass. Yeah. He's I was like, he looks awesome. Cool. Like, uh, yeah, dude, you just look at someone and you're just like, Oh, they're that guy's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 That must, that mustache dude. Oh, forget it. Like, uh, and I said to Graham, I was like, how was uh, the director? He was like, he's the best person. I was like, 
Oh my god, that's a glowing like, review. He's the best. I'm player. telling you, I could gush this whole time about him. I'm not exaggerating. I could go on and on. <laughs> was that something you and and he spent time on? Was talking about how to make this character empathetic and nuanced? No, uh, I mean, I we we talked about it, but funny enough, more. After uh, we finished and he was like, yeah, this character needed to be empathetic. But like, I think I and again, this is not me fucking patting my back. Um, I I could tell from the script that he needed to be. I mean, one of the things I always as an actor try to do is like, I think you need to like your character. You can think they're an asshole and you can have some judgments and i'm hesitant to even use that because i think starting to judge them can affect how you play them sure but i you need to find some semblance of good or something you latch on to or instill something in your character that makes you a root for them and be the audience root for them even if you're the fucking villain you need something where people have some sort of empathy or sympathy or whatever for you um and i just knew with jacob that the 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 uh, this deck was stacked against him. Yeah. I mean, again, in a roundaway, in a roundabout way, it is all his fault. All these people are dying because of him. Um, so I just, I think I just instinctively, instinctively was like, I have to make this guy well and goofy, lovable. Like to pat you on the back so that you don't have to for a second. Like uh, I was watching it and thinking, I think you have the toughest role in the whole thing. I do because. It was hard. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of, for me, as like a, a, a person who works in the genre and who's made horror films and has designed these kind of, and I've made a slasher film that took place in the woods. So, um, you know, I'm thinking about that going, all right, so you're writing certain kinds of characters. And they, you know, when you're doing a movie like that, oftentimes the characters have to fulfill a certain need to move the plot forward. Or so, you know, the plot is kind of, you know, a horror movie like that, usually the master more than character work. So right. it's a little bit different with something like this. And I was thinking about, you know, as in, and there's, there's a lot of great stuff here that the actors are doing. Your castmates are fantastic. Everybody across the board. Is Everyone killed them. Um, like, I love, um, uh, what's her character's name? Uh, she's kind of like. Brenda? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So good. So she was kind of like one of my favorites because she's badass. She was pregnant through half of our filming. She was so cool. My husband was like pumped uh about her he really yeah partway through i was swearing he and he was just like oh. and i'm like what he was like i want to play as her so i had to <laughs> let him play as her you know who else is becoming a fan favorite um rightfully so dylan he's amazing he's great yeah he's fantastic dylan's a great guy he's very i think dylan's like probably my hell and dry and kind of well miles the person who who plays him is hysterical i kind he's of really guessed that funny. i kind of guessed that a lot of his lines are just at fucking ad you can't like, like just, i'm not taking away from him as a performer but those deliveries are so they're so what i don't know what he was doing there i was like he has to be a bit this person yeah. the way these are delivered he's he's very talented i mean ever everyone everyone fucking did a, a great job down to to see something like that where you have that many parts and i'm not saying this to knock anything else anyone's there but have there not be one person you're like well that one thing is maybe the, the only right no i know really? there's usually always one weak link yeah there's always someone who kind of drops the ball yeah there was nobody no there it's is. very rare 
and there's no one that's boring and there's no one that's just one thing really or like or that you don't at least have some like empathy or sympathy for or or that doesn't make you laugh or like something just you know and i love that like there's the scenes with um with the two guys dylan and uh justice justice yeah when they're kind of developing a little romance that's sort of sweet yeah. and it's kind of, you know, and of course, like not even getting into the aspect of it's nice to see that kind of representation in gaming. Oh my God, it's so fucking great. But I think it's becoming more integrated because it's, be- A, the gatekeepers are being kind of relieved of their yeah. post, yeah. but also it's becoming mainstream and cool. It's kind of like what happened with comic books in marvel and like that wasn't cool no when i was a kid that was fucking lame i loved that stuff yeah and like didn't tell anyone because i didn't want to be the weird kid who liked spider-man right and now it's the fucking coolest thing in the world yeah yeah um so i think that shift of it becoming mainstream also helped and i liked in the game how not self-conscious that was like that relationship isn't played of like this is our gay couple. It's it's it yeah. just is. It just it is. Well, that's that's. I mean, I'm I truly look forward to the day where somebody coming out as trans or gay isn't news. Not right. because it shouldn't be celebrated, but just because like why would and why would I why would it affect me who anyone has sex with or a relationship with? Why like. Why do? Why would anyone give a fuck? It just blows my mind. <laughs> um, anyone, anyone is offended by what anyone else does in their alone time in their own house. Graham mentioned this a bit, but but for you, what was your experience of how kind of COVID affected this game? Because I know it had a pretty big effect on this game. Huge. Yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of again on Reddit. I've seen a lot of people comment on, you know, oh they wish this had been expanded upon or that had been expanded and. I, and they were. Um, we pretty much half of the script was scrapped. Um, it was a lot. I got the, the script or, originally, and it was about a thousand something pages and a bunch. They went through it and and really had to. I mean, we filmed it over the course. It was supposed to probably be a th- four month shoot. And it was over the course of a year and a half because, you know, we started right when COVID started in 2020, stopped. Then we tried to start again with a remote shoot with Will in London on a little stick with an iPad on top of it. And they'd wheel him around and he'd direct and that didn't fucking work. So then he flew out here and we started again, but then someone on the ca- on the crew got COVID. So we had to, st- it was just a fucking disaster in terms of COVID. Um, I, Along with everyone had multiple times where, you know, we didn't even know if this game would come out. Um, But kind of by the grace of God and everything kind of just working out. um, There, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did it impact the the ability to get everybody together to do some of these scenes? Yeah. Because I know that I my last scenes and I, I just watched them initially for the first time. And I think. You might not be able to tell if you um, didn't know, because I watched it and I was like, oh my God, these work a lot better than I thought they would. But my some of the stuff in the beginning when all of us are around the van with Chris Hackett, my last scenes with Emma, if I don't know if you got this ending, but me and Emma can meet up and I can confess to her what I did, like that I took the rotor arm. Oh, and okay. da, 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 da. I didn't get that, no. Uh, 
the the that scene with her, I was talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, like, I hated it. I'm, I hated it. I know that's an actor's an actor can do that, but that's not as fun. Oh yeah, and it looks fine, and and I and I and I, I trusted Will, and he was right that it did. It does play, but you know you won't find those moments that happen that you don't plan for and that's always the best stuff yeah the best stuff is always the stuff you didn't rehearse and it just happens to the scene and you roll with it and then it's fucking great right um so i was kind of bummed about that um but you know they did a good of a good of a job as getting us all together as possible you know i think for those beginning scenes i was only with brenda miles and evan Oh, so Nick, uh, what's Caitlin and, uh, Dylan. Mm-hmm. And I kind of filmed all of those. And then me and Emma, besides that last film filmed all of our stuff. So mo- mostly it was me and Halston working together and then, uh, the stuff in the cage, but I had a lot of stuff alone too. Jacob is kind of like, does his own yeah, thing. He's dipping around thing. a lot in the woods on his own and shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it was one of the things too, what I was, um, like at the, at the point of the game where you guys meet up at the lake and you're going to go swimming and then you from that point on you're running around your underwear for a good chunk of the game. Somebody somebody recently was like, "Were you really in your boxers the whole time?" I was like, "No. I no." <laughs> well, it's a game. Um it, yeah, I was like, "No, dude, no." Uh that that would have yeah, that would be completely unnecessary. You'd have been like, "Well, do I yeah. really have to why do I have to do this?" Um yeah. <laughs> Will, why am I just do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of again though a kind of fun inversion of the trope because usually it's the girl in the bikini running around in the movie. Right. I mean, well, that's what's what's fun is like, and Jacob is. I'm hesitant to use the word effeminate or feminine because I don't, but I think he's very comfortable with himself. I think he yeah. he screams high pitched. Sure. He is very much like I said. Wears his heart on his sleeve. There's a long-standing history of. There's a book about this. I'm not even fucking around about the 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 bullshit version of the male scream in film. The uh men don't scream like that. They don't. Right. Man screams. A high pitched tone usually comes into his voice because that makes a louder resonance, which gets attention, which is the point of a scream. So right. you know, I think the idea of kind of getting rid of that the trappings of the macho bullshit thing, your character gets to do that a bit, and that's kind of fun. Right. It's to be kind of the cute instead of the cute girl in the bikini running around, we get the cute guy in the boxer shorts running around, and it's like that's all kind of you know part of the fun of it, I think. Um, right. And it's one of those things I was watching thinking too, like, is that, but is it your, do they graph your body onto a, a something? Like, is that your. No, that's my, they scan my body and everything. That's, that's what I look like. Got it. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on, on, on who you ask. Well, uh, no commentary, just saying. I was curious about how they do that because I was like, I knew it wouldn't be you running around in your underwear for the thing because I know how uh, how the mocap works and stuff like that. But I didn't know if they actually would like to scan your body or just create a body. Uh, no, they they scanned us. They had us in our boxers. Uh, I'm guessing for girls it was probably bra and underwear, uh-huh. and um, they scan your whole body. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like, you, it's like tanning. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the camera tanning. Yeah, right, right. Probably less dangerous. Um, uh. So that's like that's your chest, your little bit of chest hair and all that stuff. I know they got my my pubes and chest hair. <laughs> Amazingly, it was very weird to watch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's how all that hair looks. It, is it? 
were you watching that when you were playing the game or watching the game at any point where you kind of like, oh, that's a little weird. I, don't, I wouldn't really, I don't really move like that, do I? Like, it's not a perfect, you know, art. Right. So I'll have moments where like I look at my character model and I'm like, that looks like me, but it scares me because it looks like someone imitating me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, like an android but, or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, it looks like me. I mean, I really look a lot different when I. That's why I never shave is because I look drastically younger mm-hmm. without a beard. Um, you look like a teenager. But uh, I know. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, for the most part, it, it looked like me. Again, there are those parts where, like, uh, I'll just look like this, but, like, mm, something's weird. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What it, but, but for the most part, it's pretty fucking... It's pretty close. I mean, I show that to anyone I know. They'll be like, oh, that's Zach. Right. For sure. I wonder if there's anyone else in the game or, or has anyone else in the game said to you that there was a scene where they were like, oh, I didn't like when I did this or my mouth looked weird. I just find the mouth can be tricky. It, they can get really gummy or something. Mouth is hard. Yeah. Um, uh, hair. Right. In the scene where Nick throws Abby against the wall. Abby's hair? Yeah, Abby's hair would fucking... She hit the wall and it just went... And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and there was another scene I was playing where Dylan got stuck in a wall and he was just like in the wall for the whole scene and she's talking. I've been luckily, and I, I would thought there'd be a lot more because No, of- it's great. I'm 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 impressed at how refined it is for such an early release. Like one of the advantages if you want to wait a while with a game like this is they patch it up and it's like Right, right, right. But you know, I played it. Uh, and I'm not the type to wait. I, I'm like, I want to know before it gets spoiled and shit. Especially because, like, you know, you, like doing the show and stuff and knowing Graham a bit. And you, you're going to hear stuff whether you want to or not. And I was like, I don't right. want it to get fucked over. Um, But, uh, you know, it was, yeah, little things like that where someone's getting their hair or, like, their one scene that hit the pupil of someone's eye, like, was hanging. And I was right. like, that's eerie. Um. But but you know that stuff gets fixed. But there's very little of that. I know that's yeah, and right. and all that will get patched. Yeah, totally. Now another thing we have to talk about, of course, is the kind of fucking horror royalty lineup in the game. Because you've got oh my god, David Arquette, Ted Ray, Lynn Shay, Lynn Shay, Grace Zabriskie, and of course friggin' Lance Henriksen, who's like right a horror icon. Um, did you work with any of those guys? I know you worked with Lance. You said what about the- I worked I with Ethan. I worked with Lance. I did not get to work with. Uh, David, uh, Grace, nobody worked yeah, with. She was all, really. all isolated, yeah. Uh, and I didn't work with Lynn, um, but I've become good comrades with Lynn, and she's, she's a sweet lady, just a lovely human being, uh, and very talented. I was I was blown away by her scenes, um, especially the one where where Ted. Oh, and Ted, fucking Ted. Uh, Ted. I. I mean, I already, it doesn't hit as hard because I just was like, I love, I love Ted. Ted is fucking <laughs> awesome. Talk about someone who has such a lust for life and is so fucking down to earth and cool and will talk to you over a beer for two hours without breaking eye contact. Just like a real good human being. Oh, that's awesome. He's coming on the show soon. So I'm really excited. Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have a blast with him. He's great. I I mean I mean I love him. He's a wonderful. I'm a fan. I I grew up on his brother's movies, of course, and and he's in a lot of those. But I, I've seen him in other movies. He's great. I'm so excited to talk to him. I'm, uh, he's such a neat dude. Um, did you do any things with him? 
No. I well, you got to play no. the game with him and with with our cat, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten to, I really got to know him after the fact. I didn't really interact with him until the playthrough. Okay. And then um, we had a bunch of like little events and hangouts for the sh- the uh, the game. Right. And that's when I really got to know him afterwards. And he is just. Did you get to hang out with our cat at all? With who? David our cat. Oh yeah, yeah. David's David's great. David's, David's, I mean, David's the biggest name I'd say in the game. Yeah. So like it was, depending it on your was, point of view, for me, it's land. Depending on your point yeah. of view, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess le- the most legendary in a sense. Right. Um, and so it was really cool to, to, you know, get to know who he really is. Cause like, I've only seen the movies that he's in and then that documentary, you can't kill David Arquette. Right. Um, so I had like this very un, uh, unscientific idea of who he was right. and he was just so much cooler and nicer than I could have imagined. It was funny because when I saw that he was in the game, it made me think of, um, I'll tell you the condensed version, but I, when I, so I was doing this movie that I wrote, it was a horror Western and I wrote it for Lance Henriksen. And I, because he was a childhood actor hero of mine, I was really wanted Lance to do this thing. And so I got the script to Lance. He loved the script. He agreed to meet me for lunch in LA. So I go to meet Lance for lunch. I would have been 26 or 27 at the time. Um, And uh, so I go to meet him. And, uh, you know, Lance is like a kind of intense looking dude. He's not like, you know, and he's older now, so maybe he he looks a little softer. Maybe I don't know. But then he was he was like a tough looking dude. Like he had tattoos. Tech, tech, he's he's got that voice, and he's kind of he seems very intense. He's he's. I mean, did you think he was intense from your whole experience with him? No, I didn't. No, uh, he's. I don't know if in, intense is the right word, but you know he's. Uh, uh, committed yeah i guess right. that's a better way to put it he's very committed yeah uh to his job to his job i'd say he's not and, like he was just so locked in when we were there yeah well he, i mean fun and talk but like so locked in and he well he was not playing like a particularly nice dude in this thing either so no um, no he's he's a shit yeah i mean it's funny and, and so i go up to meet him though and the first thing happens we're we meet like a cafe and uh and he stops like a good few feet away from me and he looks at me and he kind of goes like sort of a chuckle and he goes he's a fucking kid and i was like oh man like this is great i'm off to a good wow so then we go to sit down and uh and i was a smoker at the time and i light a cigarette and lance asks his lighter's not working because lance i don't know if he still is but he was a heavy smoker then and he asked me if if you could use my lighter so i give it to him and i guess i had like a metal like cigar layer and the button had broken off and it was like a spring and i didn't know this and lance went to use it and it cut his thumb and he looks at me and he goes you cut me and i was like no i i what i uh, like and i'm thinking my this is going terribly like i the guy thinks i look like a child and then i cut him um right. and then so i'm and he's like i'm just fucking with you man and he takes a napkin you know it was like was not like a serious wound or something. It wasn't a, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like gushing blood like Monty Python, but but you know I, I was nervous because he was like a, a hero actor of mine, so I really wanted it to go well, and I wasn't sure if it was. And we're sitting there and we're talking, and he's like telling me some stuff with the script, and we're talking about it. George Romero, who's a big name in horror, and had written it with me. So 
I was talking about certain things that George and I had done with the material. And, um, and all of a sudden I look at Lance and he's got this kind of funny grin on his face and I'm like, fuck what now? And I'm, and I'm trying to talk past this, this look on his Lance's face. And I couldn't, it was so, I was so just, so finally I just stopped and go, sorry, Lance, um, what are you smiling like that about? And he was like, it's crazy, man. You look exactly like David Arquette when you talk and you sound like, uh, Oh wow. And he was like very, he already worked with David Arquette at that point. They did scream three together with Wes Craven. Oh, okay. So yeah, they had worked together and they were, I guess they got on well and we were friendly together on this. And so, Lance Olsen goes, he forgot my name at one point when we were talking. And he goes, David, uh, not David. Uh, see, I'm telling you, man, you're David. You do kind of look like David a bit. I, and I have gotten that my whole adult life. So you guys did, you did this scene with Lance, though, where he pulls you around and stuff. Like, was he, was he in that mode? Was he, like, super serious about it and, and doing, like, the guy? Because Lance is, um, like, method. Yeah. He gets pretty, like you said, he gets kind of dialed in. But what he was very friendly in between takes. Was he? Um, yeah, very. But like I said, uh, but very locked in. But he's, 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 you know, I mean, to what you said, he's done 350 plus films, whatever you said. Like, movies, yeah. he's a pro. He knows how to do this. He can like be like, hey, what did you, I had some coffee. I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. So the other day, like, yeah. it's just one of those. Things. Yeah, yeah. Were you aware of like Lance's kind of body of work at all or kind of the kind of actor he was? Um, not uh, when you said it, that was the first time I, I've heard he's done 350 films. Like, um, check. I want to get this right now that we're talking about this much. But I, I mean, I, I knew, I mean, Aliens is what I. Right. I think for most people, Aliens is like, that's Lance. Right. Yes, sure. Um, so, But I didn't know the extent of the body of his work. So it's 267 movies. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Not as it's not a, I never mind. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. I only talk to people who've done at least three hundred films. <laughs> uh, that's so funny, and it's cool to me to see Lance still going. Though I mean, he's no spring chicken or anything, and he's still fucking killing it. He's great. I love him. He's like one of the great ambassadors of horror. I think. Um, so it was funny. You know what? That's the only criticism I have for for the game was when I finished it. I was like, not enough Lynn and Lance. I wanted more of them. People have a lot of complaints with, you know, this wasn't extrapolated on. This wasn't blah, 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 blah. And, like, for the most part, it's like, it sucks, but it's so out of our control. Yeah. I mean, in, in that, in the COVID, let alone film and TV and video games, I mean, the whole world was, didn't know what to do, let alone, you know, a production that's just trying to create something. Yeah. Um, so it is a shame that, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't its fullest form possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone didn't get to see everything that could have been experienced. But like I said, I am just happy it got made. I, yeah. I it was so close to not happening. You have no idea how many times also, it was supposed to be on Stadia initially. Oh, really? Uh, and I was like, and I was like, <laughs> no one has a Stadia. <laughs> right. um, so there are going to be people listening so, to this right now. They go, a what? Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, who? Um, and I, I heard they just 
they I don't know if the servers are still on, but I heard something about it like not good stuff yeah. where it was like it's pretty much canned. Yeah. Yeah. Um now that's kind of a funny <laughs> backstory too, because I don't uh, until Dawn had a similar experience that that game was kind of like fucked with a lot until it came out and the, and the studio didn't have like there was a lot of faith in that game. they didn't have a lot of confidence in no, it no no um, it became kind of this sleeper hit that uh yeah off. i mean i but i think that's that's how some of the best ips get total discovered is like 100 percent. it just naturally people find it and then i remember that's what's kind of what happened with um napoleon dynamite mm-hmm. where like that was just this weird <laughs> movie. Yeah. How word of mouth spread it around, yeah. and it became this sensation. Yeah, I mean, the epitome of that for me. Uh, you're a little young for it, but Blair Witch Project, when it came out, like you know, the internet was pretty young, and so everybody had this notion that this thing was fucking real, and so yeah. it, it was insane. People were passing out in the theater. They were so afraid. Like it was just, and you could. I know, isn't that crazy? No. That's how I feel about um. When people say uh, they saw Psycho, yeah, and like that shower scene is the scare, and I'm like, I watched it like for the first time when I was like 16, and I was like, What's the big deal? <laughs> this is what you guys freaking out about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Um, it's, so it's, it's all it's the experience at that time, right? And what a culture is used to, and and what they've adapted to, and what what shocks one generation will not later. Right, or- right. And what I also find very interesting is the stuff that transcends and is still do i mean going back to the exorcist like you were saying still as fucking scary as it was 30 years ago or whatever it was do you think Um, games have the potential to actually be scarier than movies because of that interactive you know experience that 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 part where you're where you're because you have skin in the game in a different way you're controlling this character right in some way do you think that makes it maybe scarier than a movie which is a more passive experience yes and no uh yes in the fact that you know you're you're experiencing something other than just watching right um however i think it's so dependent because sometimes i think when you aren't as engaged and then something fucking scares the shit out of you it's way scarier right uh because you're not focused because you aren't playing the thing yeah but also, some of the the hardest I've ever been scared is when you're really yeah, yeah focused and then think oh sh-, you know what I mean like uh like like I saw the uh, uh, PT it got yeah. canned but it, like when I saw the gameplay for that I was like oh my god this is terrifying or like someone like did you play Resi Eight yeah the baby that like weird baby thing that you have to hide from that scared the shit out of me <laughs> that was terrifying yeah um that feeling of being helpless i think gaming has over right movies but i think movies has jump scares and like that shit over i remember um, i was playing um alien isolation yeah that kind of bombed that's when you have to like hide from the alien yeah yeah and there's this part in it where early on in the game where the, the alien first shows up and uh, and I had to like hide in this locker, and I was like, I remember I was kind of like tired. I'd, I'd been on set that day, and I just wanted to throw the game on and try quick. And I'm, and I was playing, and I like I got so 
stressed out by it that I turned it off. <laughs> I was like, no, I just, this is exhausting. Like it was so, because it was so, I felt so involved in it that I'm sitting in this locker and I was like, I just got home from work and I'm playing a game to kind of chill out. <laughs> and I'm fucking hiding in a locker. From fucking aliens in a locker. Yeah. I know. Like, this is not, you know, I want to shoot shit or something. I want to purge that feel. I don't want to sitting in a locker and, you know, just like being like, oh. yeah, you want, sometimes you just want like a left for dead and you just want to fucking shoot some zombies. That's it. That's it. You know, I'm not, but it, I'm to not the game's the credit, like it made me feel that feeling of like, of that guy. If you can make a person and a guy like me who's seen and died, like, I know you know, the, the puppeteering here that makes how to scare people is a science that I've studied, Right. you know, and, and when you can get me, like I'm, I usually give a lot of credit to the filmmakers or what credits do. Yeah. And I was playing that game and I was like, this game's freaking me out in a way that movies usually can't anymore. And like, that's, you know, Bravo. And like you're telling resident evil, that's which one eight is like the, is that the, the like the redneck family, the kind of, is that no? That was seven. Seven okay. was the redneck. Eight was Lady Demis. The village, the village one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Resident Evil games, well, particularly those two, like the next gen ones, almost always have had a moment though that got me a jump of some kind. Those are scary fucking games. Yeah, I love. I, I mean, I watched. I didn't. I didn't play either of them, but I watched both full playthroughs because they were genuinely good stories to me. Um, I think Resident Evil is one of the the franchises to look to where they've completely. I mean, they were like, I don't know if they were in Sonic Hedgehog kind of failure territory, but like <laughs> they definitely had a big fall from grace. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to see them come back and be like, hey, this is a good fucking game. Oh, also, our next game is great, too. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. What are you playing these days? What am I playing these days? Uh, I'm playing the quarry. Yeah. Um, Everyone should. I was playing a lot. I was playing a lot of Overwatch, but I'm sick of it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I am playing, I just finished Dead Island, which I always wanted to play when I was younger, but I never got like it. Dead so. Island? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's so boring. It's great. <laughs> and then you're just like, I'm hitting zombies in the head with baseball bats for yeah. two hours. Right. That's about it. I've just been going back in time. Like I just downloaded Crackdown. I haven't played it yet, but like I, I'm just going back on on like the Xbox thing and looking at all the games I never got a chance to really play. Yeah, yeah. I was playing this game on the weekend. It's called Martha is Dead. Indie. Yeah, indie. Yeah, and it's a PS5 game. Beautiful looking game. But I was playing it, and it's like it's about like this girl whose sister dies, drowns in the lake, and the, they're twins, and she switches identities with her sister. Um, and her sister's ghost starts haunting her for stealing her identity. Oh, wow. It's really, uh, was like, it's a very scary game, but, but I was also like, again, it's that thing now where I was just like, there's a part where you have to, you're playing as the character and you have to take a razor blade and cut around this girl's face and pull her skin off her face. And I was just like, no, I can't, I won't do it. Like I just did, you know? Degloving is never fun. No, I just kind of felt stressed about it. And like my husband came in and he's just like, what the fuck are you playing? Like, can we play, you know, uh, something? Honey, it's Tuesday night. Do you want to not peel someone's face yeah, off? Yeah, maybe we could throw on like, I don't know, Forbidden West or something a little less. <laughs> you know, a little Lara Croft or something, maybe a little less intensive um but it's you know for me i think that's it's it's a neat thing and you're seeing it with the quarry and some of these independent games too that are doing it where you can take the tropes of 
the horror genre that we're used to seeing in cinema and bring them into the game world and do something different with them and spin them around. And, and then and then even more so for you as an actor and for other actors, the chance to take characters that you do, you don't even get to play in that sandbox, you know, when you're in, in half an hour of the movie. And here people get to play with that guy for hours and you get to create, you know, but not in the way that you would on a soap where you're doing it for, you know, years. It's it's an amazing experience, and I think everyone should play. Do you think you could do uh, another game like this? In a fucking heartbeat. Really? If any casting directors are watching, put me in your next game. Um, hopefully that works. I, I'm sure it will. I would think that would be good enough. I would think that that's how most people get jobs these days. Is they come on my podcast. You, you, you scream to get a job. They say that, and then they get booked. Well, listen, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Oh my God, it was my pleasure. I had a blast. We talked about everything under the sun. I know. This was really great. I really enjoyed this. This was fun. And uh, like, come on again uh, in the near future and talk about whatever you're doing. Do you know what's next? Like, do you have something lined up? Have you booked anything? Uh, I have a movie that I did called Laced that'll be coming out pretty soon. Okay. Uh, I think that's more or less it. Uh, I mean, I have my show, Days of Our Lives. Um, I don't know what the cross section of horror fans and soap opera is, but if you know, you know, it's uh, we've had quite a few actors on here now who have done soaps and done horror. There seems to be it. No, the cross in that sense, but I just meant the viewer cross. I can't. I've seen a lot of YNR in my life because my mom loved it and was a pretty dedicated YNR fan. Um, More maybe than I would have chosen to, but uh, 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 I'm. I don't think you're the demographic. No, I'm not. I'm not. Definitely. Yeah. Victor Newman's badass, though. I will say that. I love it. He's when so he throws sick. a chair through a window or something. I'm always like, that. <laughs> I, re- I know exactly what clip you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's always like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so in for it. Whenever that's gonna happen. Hey, man, thank you. Let's, uh, let. Thank you so much for having me. Let's do this again. This, I had a blast. Yes, man, absolutely. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's keep going. And I want to see how many different ways I can figure out how to kill your character now that I kill me, please send me every way you've murdered me. I got you through the whole thing. So now I feel like I kind of have to try it and just see yes. what the other options are. And throw the dirt in his face. I'll do it. I say distraction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. All right. Thanks buddy. Thank you, man. You've been listening to Kevin Lane spill your guts with host and filmmaker, Kevin Lane. Kevin Lane spill your guts was created by Kevin Lane and produced by Cindy McLean. The Spill Your Guts theme and incidental music was created by composer Mike Haddon. Original artwork generously provided by Matthew Terrian. Our supervising producer is Jason Hill. For exclusive bonus content, giveaways, and contests, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon account at www.patreon.com forward slash spillyourguts. All one word. Spill Your Guts is only made possible by our supporters and listeners like you. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of Kevin's conversations with some of horror culture's titans of terror, as well as the many hours of bonus content, consider subscribing to our channel. But that's not the only way you can support what we do. If you like what you hear and you want more, get the word out to your friends, your family, Random people on the street, retail cashiers, unattended babies, the hot guy you work with, on-duty members of law enforcement, anyone with a pair of ears and a taste for the guts and gore of horror. This has been Kevin Lane's Spill Your Guts. Thanks for listening.